Well, happy Father's Day. I, uh, the last thing I ate last night before bed was um, my Father's Day gift. Got some amazing cookies from Carly Bakes. Um, what's the Instagram? Just Carly Bakes. Look, look, you can look Carly Bakes up on Instagram. I'm trying to do a plug. I'm not doing a very good job of it. But there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Well, um, I'm going home to some, some cookies, so I'll enjoy those. Actually, that's not the only cool present I got. I bought this long to show you. How cool is this? This is what my kids got me. It's a wallet with a photo of them printed on it. I know. It's, it's actually part of the wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. I haven't put anything in it yet, so I'm not, I'm not worried about you stealing anything. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Not sure when they learned to use a computer, but they're advanced. They're advanced, yeah. Um, yeah, so Grace, I appreciated, appreciated our, um, our definitions, appreciated yours. Leanne, I thought that was a, a good way to put it. Um, uh, do you want to remind me? Uh, permission to fail. Permission to fail. Thanks, thanks, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> bit of dry mouth over here. So, uh, thank you, my friend. I think um, I think one thing that stands out um, when I discuss grace and and this idea that it's okay to fail is uh, I really I really don't want to need grace sometimes. I don't know if you can relate to that. Thanks for that. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure that I'm overly comfortable with this idea that in order to receive grace, I have to be um, vulnerable and humble enough in my weakness. Um, I don't. I don't really want to admit failure a lot of the time, um, and therefore I don't want to need grace. Uh, in fact, I find myself a lot of the time trying to hide my weaknesses um, and promote my strengths. Um, I think I do this in. I think I do this in marriage. As my wife walks in, she'll she'll confirm. Um, yeah, yep. Thumbs up. Thank you. I find myself. I think I find myself with a stubbornness. If even in moments where I can see that I'm potentially wrong in something, you know, I don't want to admit that because I, I can. I feel like that's a weakness. Um, and uh, I think uh, you know, even even in other areas, um, church has always been a really good place to promote my strengths. Do you know what I mean? Like the things that I can do um, in order to be seen in a certain light um, to receive some form of self-worth or value through, you know, uh, people's um, appreciation. I think that's, a, that's been a real trap. I think work has been, work has been the same. I think over the years I, I look back at, at work and um, I can see in myself a motivation to try and receive something, um, you know, like accolades for the things that I could accomplish in, in my career. Um, and so I think, I think what I've done is I've developed this real um, suite or this arsenal of um, strength promoting activities. And I think the, the problem with that is that when I insist on my own strength in, in many areas, I, I'm denying myself grace because essentially I'm pretending that I don't need it. When I'm pretending that I'm strong, I'm I'm pretending that I don't actually need his grace and therefore um, I keep living in my own strength. Um, I was reading uh, 2 Corinthians, I think 6, um, just the other day and it was talking about, you know, who would inherit the kingdom of heaven. Um, and it's not the strong, it's not the people who are strong. 
that inherit the, the, the kingdom of heaven, it says um, it's the people who are justified in Jesus' name. And so in order to be justified in Jesus' name in all these areas of my life, I don't need to inform people that I have the strength that doesn't justify me. In fact, by my weakness, I'm justified because in my weakness, I'm strong. So let's, let's have a look at how that works. This is 2 Corinthians um, 12, 7 to 10. This is Paul. He says, Because of the surpassing greatness and extraordinary nature of the revelations which I received from God, for this reason, to keep me from thinking of myself as important, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to torment and harass me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. My power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. And he turns a corner here. He says, Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may be completely may completely enfold me, may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able, truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. So Paul's saying that because of what he received, um, he was tempted to exalt himself and consider himself as someone of importance. And you know, you think about you think about Paul's story, and and that's what he was all about previously. You know, Paul Paul was a pretty bad guy. I, I don't think you know. Often we don't stop to think about you know the guy that wrote um, most of the New Testament was probably the baddest dude you could possibly imagine. You know, imagine if your job was to go around killing people. That's that's pretty dark. That's pretty exceptionally horrible. Um, and I think it's easy to to think, oh, Paul Paul needed grace, right? Paul really needed grace because he, he, you know, was doing some really bad things. There was no way out for him. But for me, you know, like I'm going to continue on this train of I'm strong. I'm a strong person. Do you know what I mean? And I, I, can, I can do it in my own strength. But I think we all um, have this desire to feel loved, to feel important, to feel like someone to feel valued. And I think the temptation is that in our own strength, we would point that desire at something that isn't God that is you know something of this world and that's where in all kinds of ways in all kinds of spheres and areas of our life we can build this arsenal this suite of strength proving exercises that we think will get us there um, and so I think I think what's helpful is to put ourselves in the same category as Paul you know in I think it's in Romans it says that all have sinned all fall short and you only have to look at you know the Ten Commandments um, have have you ever told a lie? You know, have you ever dishonoured your parents? Have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? Have you ever stolen something or idolised anything that, you know, that isn't God? It's like, well, actually when you um, make a comparison to your own moral goodness and you put it next to the moral goodness of a God who can't even be tempted, it's like, yeah, it's true. Yeah, we, we fall short. And so, um, you know, when you consider this idea of grace, we come to realise, actually, no, 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 it's not just for Paul. Paul wasn't the only one that needed it because he's done such terribly bad things. It was us as well. But having said that, none of you were going around murdering people. I hope. I hope that's not someone's job. Um, but but that's a good comparison as well because if grace can forgive someone who was so deep in sin 
then it can forgive me as well and I can put myself in that category. And so I think, I think when we make those comparisons, I think, I think, I think it's true that, you know, I think you'd all agree with me that we all need grace, right? Is that true? I think, I think we all need grace. It's not just for Paul. But I think, I think we struggle to be vulnerable. And so I think, uh, I think it's worth considering, you know, like what are, what are we motivated by? Are we motivated? Because in everything that we approach in life, we're motivated by either love or fear, right? We take that into everything. And, and if I'm motivated by fear that my weakness will be exposed, I'll take that into everything that I'm doing. But if I'm okay with my weakness, because I've come to realise that my weakness is in fact the doorway to receiving his grace, then I'll take that into everything that I'm doing. And I think, um, you know, I think we, when we point our need and desire for love towards the wrong thing, we're pointing it towards the world, we're pointing it towards men, we're pointing it towards, um, you know, someone or something that can prove that we are someone of worth. And the problem with that is that um, when we do that, when, when that's our strength, um, it doesn't take much to bring us undone. You know, it doesn't, doesn't take much for someone to disapprove of us, disagree, and then all of a sudden it's everything that we built, you know, our, our life on, our, our approval on, our strength on uh, can come crashing down quite easily. I just want to read to you Luke 18, this is 9 to 14, and this is Jesus talking. He also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves and were confident that they were righteous, posing outwardly as upright and in right standing with God, and who viewed others with contempt. This is what Ange was talking about, judgment of others. Two men went up into the temple enclosure to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood ostentatiously and began praying to himself in a self-righteous way, saying, God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of men, swindlers, unjust, dishonest, adulterers, or even like this tax collector, I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all I get. But the tax collector, standing at a distance, would not even raise his eyes toward heaven, but was striking his chest in humility and repentance, saying, God, be merciful and gracious to me, the especially wicked sinner that I am. I tell you, this man went to his home justified, forgiven of the guilt of sin and placed in right standing with God. Rather than the other man, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself forsaking self-righteous pride will be exalted. So who received grace that day? Who was justified? Who do we, who do we honestly see ourselves as in this story? Because it's easy to, you know, to place yourself on the right side of that story. But, you know, when we look at our lives and we look about the way that we approach everything out of love or fear, are we those who would stand there and try to communicate to all those around us that we're people of strength and someone of worth or are we the one on the, on the ground kneeling, beating our chest and going home justified? I'll share another one with you. This is, this is James 4, 3 to 10. It says, You ask God for something and you do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives, out of selfish or with an unrighteous agenda, so that when you get what you want, you may spend it on your hedonistic desires. You adulterous, disloyal sinners flirting with the world and breaking your vow to God. Do you not know that being the world's friend, that is, loving the things of the world, 
is being God's enemy. So whoever chooses to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says that no says to no purpose that the human spirit which he has made to dwell in us lusts with envy? But he he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. So submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart, just like the tax collector beating his chest, had a contrite heart. And he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin. Let your foolish laughter be turned to mourning and your reckless joy to gloom. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will give you purpose. So you can see the contrast. When I humble myself, I get to receive grace and God exalts me. He lifts me up. It's a contradiction because if I seek to exalt myself, then I deny grace, but God opposes me. I don't know if you've ever experienced that in your life, but um, I think that's what Paul's talking about, this thorn in his flesh. You know, Paul, Paul was talking about a thorn in his flesh that he had asked to be removed. And obviously, if you're asking for something to be removed, you're not it's not a good thing. It doesn't say exactly what it was. For, for some reason, I imagined, you know, thorn in the flesh. I, I imagined Paul walking around with a limp or I don't, I don't know what picture. He doesn't actually say what it is, but I just sort of imagine um, that he had some sort of ailment. Um, and, and what Paul came to realise was that this was in some way helping him because he recognised that he needed grace and so grace was better than not having grace. But he had this history of going around trying to prove himself and making himself seem important to people. And so because he had this tendency, God was helping him to receive grace by giving him a thorn. Does it make sense? So, you know, this was probably, this was probably pretty inconvenient. It was probably quite an embarrassment in some way to Paul, but it served as a reminder, a reminder that he wasn't strong. He wasn't good enough. He wasn't doing what he was doing in his own strength. And so um, I guess the challenge for us this morning is knowing this, recognising that we're in the same category as Paul. We need grace. You know, we, none, of us, none of us stack up. None of us can get to heaven on our own. It's only by God's grace that we'll get there, that we'll have eternal life and receive all that he has for us. And when we operate out of self-righteous pride and um, try to you know, when we consider ourselves as more important than others, we're actually denying that and saying, no, thank you, in my own strength I can do this. And so God in his love opposes us in his love. He's opposing the pride in us. He's not opposing us. He still loves us. He's not saying he doesn't love us just because we're prideful. He's actually trying to remove the pride by helping us, by giving us a thorn. Can you see how it's helpful? And I think, I think if we look at our own story, you know, sometimes we don't recognise God's love in the thorns. You know, how good... Is, is it when we can see a difficult situation as God's love for us because he's trying to help us receive something. You know, I had a, um, had a chat with, caught up with Warney, was I? Um, a while back and 
we, we didn't, we, you know, we didn't really know each other. We're still getting to know each other, but it was kind of good to, you know, we said, oh, well, you know, what's, what's your story? It was kind of good to reflect a little bit about, you know, what, what my story is. And, and I think um, I'm a little bit older now, so I've got a little bit, little bit more story to reflect on, but I think it's healthy. I think it's healthy to reflect over your story because I think you can see the thorns. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think you can see in hindsight what God was doing, whereas in the moment, in difficulty, in a difficult circumstance, in something that you are having a hard time in or, you know, where you're, you do have a physical ailment or a relationship's gone wrong or work's not going well or whatever it is that's happening, um, even even in tragedy, it's it's like, what what is God using in our lives as a thorn to oppose our pride, to bring us to a place where we could receive the thing that we need to find some sort of eternal relationship with God. Maybe the things that we um, are battling against in our lives, like Paul was, God, can you take this from me? I don't want this anymore. This sucks. Why am I, why am I here? I don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't need this. This can't be part of your plan. Well, what is it in your life at the moment that you, you're trying to pray away and could we could we look at it slightly differently is it is it possible that there could be a thorn in your side for the purpose of trying to remove some sort of self-righteous pride and and strength to teach us to be able to come to God and and you know like the tax collector on our knees you know finding um finding justification to be truly justified I think if we see things for what they are. I think if God opens our eyes and shines the light and, and you know, shares truth about our situation, I think, I think it is possible that, like Paul, we can be grateful for our weaknesses. But I think, I think the world doesn't teach us this. I think that's why it's hard. I think from a very early age we hear, and, you know, shout, shout some out if you've got more, but, you know, what are, the, what are these cool little posts on Instagram you know, the, the inspirational quotes, um, push through your limits. You know, it's the Nike thing. You just do it. You know, what are some, come on, what are, some, what are some more things we see? Help me out. Never, never take no for an answer. Um, you can do it. You can do it. Never stop trying. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think the world, the world teaches that we receive the consequence for our actions. That's what the world will tell us. And so that's the code that we live by. I think that's the code that Paul would have expected, um, that a God who would judge him for his sins would, would also live by. And so, I mean, you think back to, the, to his story and, you know, Paul's on the road. Um, he's out to... He's out to kill some more Christians. That's what he's doing. He's out to round them up, to send them to prison. And he's out on the road and God confronts him and says, why are you persecuting me? He hears God's voice. No one else hears it. Blinding light. The, the guy is, is blinded for three days until, um, you know, someone comes to his house and prays for him and something like scales fall from his eyes. And he realises that um, he actually is going to live. He's not going to have to live by this code because he, he was the one, he thought, giving out the consequences. Can you, imagine, can you imagine in that moment 
when Paul was on the road when he realised he was wrong? Can you imagine when he realised what he'd done? That, that would be a horrible moment. He was killing people, sending people off to prison. And then he was wrong all of a sudden. In his mind, he was right. He judged himself right and he judged the other people wrong, just like the self-righteous Pharisee he was, who was judging the tax collector. He was judging other people. And so, um, yeah, I think Paul would have expected to, to have gotten what he had decided he should get. And he should have, I think he, would, he, he probably thought that he would have just been punished. And what did he get? He got grace, which allowed him to receive forgiveness and love and peace and joy and strength. He realised that when he was weak, he was strong. So he started rejoicing in his weaknesses and boasting about his weaknesses. He could see that he needed grace so much that his weaknesses were purposed. I think this idea that we should be strong is a, it's kind of, I have have this picture in my mind that it's like a treadmill. It's like you go nowhere, but you just get exhausted. You know what I mean? And so I think this morning, I think what I'd like us to do is just to consider that um, it's possible that we position ourselves in life to boast, to rely on our own strength. Do you ever find yourself exhausted? Do you ever find yourself feeling like life is too much, not understanding the thorns? If you're already exhausted because you're operating in your own strength, but by your own strength, you're never going to be good enough to um, come even close to comparing yourself to a moral God who's not even tempted. We're going to fail in our own strength and then there's a thorn. That's hard work. But, but God allows the thorns and he allows us to come to the end of ourselves in order that we would see that our strength is going to fail. We need his strength. And so the thorns are purposed in order for us to see our weaknesses, to accept our weaknesses. God has, God has grace for our weakness, but so often we don't. And so we deny his grace. We don't want to need his grace because we don't want to be weak. We want to be seen to be strong. We want to be seen to be someone. And we get exhausted doing it. And we don't understand the difficult situations. We don't understand the disruptions to the plan that we had for our life, even though they're good. They're good because they're from him. So I think, I think what, um, what God wants to do is just invite us to stop being strong, to to give up on our own strength. Brad spoke a message a while ago about not giving up, so I have to be careful not to override that. But, but that, that, w- that was different, you know, like God doesn't want us to give up on him, but he wants us to give up on this life lived of, you know, where we just rely on ourselves. We rely on our own strength. We are weak. Thank God we are weak. It's so good to be weak. I don't have to be strong anymore. I'm not supposed to be the father. He's supposed to be the father. I just want to share one more, one more scripture. This is 1 Peter 4.10. It says, Just as each one of you has received a special gift, a spiritual talent, an ability graciously given by God, employ it in serving one another, as is appropriate for good stewards 
of God's multifaceted grace, faithfully using the diverse, varied gifts and abilities granted to Christians by God's unmerited favour. We've all been given something. Paul said he received these revelations and that was his temptation to um, take those as his own and present them to the world as as his own strength so that he would be seen as someone important and, and strong. And we have all been given something as well. And so I think our role, what this what this scripture is saying is that we we have a role in the body to use God's multifaceted grace, the grace that has given us something that when we receive it, we have something to offer each other. I mean, I'll I'll just look around the room. Have a look. Have a look who you're sitting here with. Yeah, these faces are our strength. By God's multifaceted grace, you are my strength and I am yours. That's how this is supposed to work. You're not supposed to be in it alone. You're not supposed to be in it without him. We're supposed to be in it together because by his grace, his multifaceted grace, we have received gifts and abilities in order to support each other in the body that we're a part of and we have been carefully placed here with each other. How good is that? It's pretty cool. None of us have to be everything for each other. You don't have to be everything for yourself. We all play a part. We all have a role. We, we can all rely on each other for something. I need you guys. I need you guys. And in some strange way, it turns out that you need me too. So how about we give up on this idea that we should be strong be, so that we can receive God's grace and then by his multifaceted grace, we can be each other's supporters. I think that's how it's supposed to work. Mm. Yes, I think this morning, let's, let's be convinced of our lack of merit. Let's be convinced that we don't stack up, that, we've, that, that none of us are perfect, that um, we all fall short. But, but God has grace for our failures. We're never going to get it all 100% right. Let's agree that we're weak. But like Paul said, it's in our weakness that we get to be strong. All right, we're gonna we're gonna break off and have a, a chat now. I think I think it would be great this morning if we we could consider where where we're at. You know, like do we do we relate to this trying to be something for someone all the time? Do we find ourselves exhausted? Do we see ourselves with thorns that we haven't understood? Can we look back at our history? Can we see that you know God was working even in difficulties to to expose our weakness to ourselves so that we could see it in order to bring us to a place where we could say, yes, I am weak and it's good because now I can receive your strength. By your grace, I can receive your strength. And when we go through that process and that journey, we can sit here and look around, recognise that we don't have to be strong for everyone. We don't have to judge each other with some sort of self-righteous importance but we can just be us and it's good to be us. It's good to just be me, to just be the part of the body that I was supposed to be. So let's have a chat. Let's break off into some groups and let's talk. Maybe 